Jesus, we proclaim your name. We see your power and your glory. We know, Jesus, that the night was made holy by your holiness coming into our world. This morning, we give you our hearts, our worship, our praise, our adoration. Stay present to the mystery of the incarnation. Thank you, Jesus, for coming. Amen. You can be seated. We've uh, had a chance to worship God with our songs and in our hearts. We get a chance now to worship by giving our gifts, our tithes, and our offerings. So I'll give you a, a half minute or so to do that. You'll see ways on the screen to give electronically or you can give in the in the box back there. Just a reminder that uh, 10% of everything that comes in here on a Sunday, we send back out uh, to support local, national, and global missions so that the kingdom of the Holy One uh, who made uh, this life holy because of his coming can go uh, through the nations. I'll give you a minute and I'll come back and pray. Randy. I'm the teaching and prayer pastor here. You may know me. Come on up, Jane. This is Jane. You hopefully know her better. <laughs> She's my wife. It's okay. <laughs> uh, before Adam comes up to speak, we want to make a short announcement. We're not going anywhere. Don't worry. Um, but I am announcing this morning that after 14 years on staff as a volunteer, Jane will be leaving staff, our uh, staff here, at the end of this year. Um, she's not leaving the church. She's not leaving me. <sighs> uh, but 14 years ago, when I became the senior pastor before this role, um, I thought uh, two things. I need God desperately, and I need Jane to be with me in it. And God had given us a word that we do our ministry together and that our, minist our ministry is more powerful when we do it together. So I asked Jane to come on staff as a volunteer, and she's done that for 14 years. I uh, mentioned volunteer. She's the only staff member whose salary was doubled every year. Um, so we'll be saving nothing as she goes off, but, uh, but losing a lot. So uh, we just wanted to pray for her. Do you want to say? Oh, just, it's a, such a privilege to, um, to have served in that capacity and to, you know, God said to, for us to do our ministry together, and um, so we're trying to take it literally, is, and um, now we're still doing our ministry together, but I'm just not going to be, I'm going to take some time to spend more time with my grandkids and my aging parents and my um, job as a dietitian. So. Okay, thanks. Why don't you stand and put your hands out, we'll pray for Jane. Thank you, God, for the gift of Jane. You know, Jane's name uh, means grace. So we thank you for the grace that is in her, on her, comes through her. We ask God for your blessing on her as she moves uh, from this ministry, continues to be with us, but then ministers to our children, our grandchildren, and our aging parents. Just thank you for your blessing upon her as she uh, continues to serve. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's been a joy to be on staff with Jane for these last uh, five years, so 
So thankful for who she is and what she brings to our church. Well, good morning. My name is Adam Casel. I'm the vision and administration pastor. Um, We are in Advent, as uh, I'm sure we all know. And with it being Advent, um, there's more that goes on at the church. And so I just want to highlight a few things before I jump into my message this morning. First of all, we have our our annual giving wall. Thanks to Dan and Tracy Updike for organizing that this year. They they set that all up. It looks amazing. Um, What we do want you to know is that today is the last, well, it's the last Sunday that you could pick up an ornament. Um, We actually got 10 more uh, families that are in need of gifts. So please, uh, before you leave, grab an ornament or two and because those all need to come back next week. Reminder, you don't wrap the gifts. Um, bring them uh, in, a, in a gift bag if you can, but do not wrap, wrap those gifts. Also today, uh, we have our annual Children's Ministry Christmas pageant. That's at 5 o'clock. So it's, a, it's, it's the birth story in a way you've never seen it before. It's amazing. Um, you all are, are welcome to come out. Um, two weeks from today is Christmas Eve. Um, so yeah, can you believe it? We are 14 days away. Um, so that's because it's on a Sunday, that morning will be our typical Sunday morning service, uh, 1030. But then we will do our annual candlelight service, which is a um, lessons and carols. So that's for the whole family um, from seven to eight on um, Christmas Eve night. All right. Um, So our mission here is to encounter the love and power of God and give it away to the world. Um, There are cards in front of you. You can scan those with your phone's camera. Um, It gives you different information or a way to fill out our digital connect card. We also have um, different posters out in the lobby with um, our ministries and different events that are going on. If you are wondering what's going on in this church, the best way to get that information is to sign up for our weekly email. So Write your email on one of those Connect cards or fill out the digital Connect card um, and get that to us. If you think you've done that and you don't get our emails, come see me um, because I I can help you out with that. One thing uh, I hope uh, that that we all have is at least one person and hopefully multiple people that when we just hear their voice, we are immediately put at ease. For me, one of those people is my wife, and I'm not just saying that, but hey. Um, And it's such that after 20 years of marriage, if she calls, when I say hello, her hey lets me know this is a business call or this is a relational, how you doing, let's connect, right? Hey, oh, okay, which kid do we have to talk to when I get home? What decisions do we need to make right now? I've got another good friend who I've known for almost 30 years. What we have to do when one of us calls the other one, we have to act exasperated. What do you want? I'm so busy. Leave me alone. Right? We got to tease each other. But when we're done interacting, I always feel built up. So I hope all of us have one of those people uh, or, or multiple people in our lives that just talking with them, we are, we're put at ease. We know life is good uh, because they're in our lives. And this morning, we're going to talk about one particular voice. As I mentioned, we're in Advent. If you don't know what Advent means, it just means the arrival of a notable person, thing, or event. So as, 
As followers of Jesus, when we celebrate Advent, what we are celebrating is the arrival, the birth of the God-man, Jesus, the long-awaited Messiah of Israel and Lord of all the earth. Not only is he a notable person, but his birth is a notable event. It's always the, the four Sundays before Christmas. Advent and Lent are both meant to be reflective seasons, and it's ironic for Advent because it feels so rushed. It feels busy and stressful. Last week, uh, Randy talked about hope. The first week of, uh, of Advent is the hope week and how we see hope in the face of the shepherd. The second week, this, this morning, we're going to talk about peace, specifically the voice of the shepherd and how that voice is the voice of peace. Peace is one of those deep desires that every human heart has, but so few find it. Even for those of us who know and love the Lord, it feels like peace is like trying to grasp at smoke. We see it, we smell it, but when we try to get our hands around it, it just goes through our fingers. It feels elusive. Oftentimes for ourselves and for other people, we make peace conditional. Once certain criteria are met, then we can feel peace. I don't know about you, but my mind feels like it's racing on a regular basis, and it gets exposed when I try to sit in silence. My to-do list floods up. I don't know if you've ever tried that practice, but when I sit down or I try to be quiet, a to-do list just comes up. You got to do this. You got to do that. You got to do this. And I think when there's certain things that are like right in my house, I'm like, okay, I'm going to take care of those real quick. And then I can sit in peace. And I think the Lord has been kind and like, no, that's the point. Let it be. Because I don't know if you've ever completed a to-do list, but as soon as you do, another one repopulates, right? We can, we're never going to do it all. And I think that's what we're supposed to remember, to just sit knowing we don't run the world. So this morning, we're going to look at the voice of peace through Isaiah 40. If you have a Bible, I invite you to turn there. We do have um, physical Bibles up front, if you would like one um, and don't have one with you. So our big question this morning, what we're going to walk away with is, what does peace sound like? I think this passage will help us to answer. And on the other side of that, there is a challenge of what if we don't pursue or desire peace? What will we lose? So again, the big question, um, if, if the voice of the shepherd is the voice of peace, what does peace sound like? And as we go through this passage, we're going to see three sections that kind of give us categories, insights, contours to the sound of peace. And as we look at this passage, we'll see all of this is being spoken, right? And so that's why we're asking, what does peace sound like? So let's look at Isaiah 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, oh, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid. 
that she has received from the Lord's hand, double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. Get up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that your voice is a voice of peace, and we ask now for the ability to hear that. We all have areas that we need you to speak your peace. And so we say, speak now. Lord, for your sons and daughters are listening. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As I said at the beginning, Advent and Lent are reflective seasons. And so there's going to be plenty of reflection questions that I'm going to have us ask ourselves this morning. And as I said, this is about the voice of peace. And what, is, what does peace sound like? What is this voice sound like? Well, from uh, verses 1 and 2, we see that it sounds like comfort. So the Lord is speaking, comfort, oh, comfort my people. So because they didn't have underline or italics or bold, when, in Hebrew, when a word gets repeated, it intensifies it and, and shows kind of the certainty of having it. And this word in particular that uh, Isaiah is using for comfort has to do with in the midst of bereavement. So God is saying the time of mourning is over. Because there's an aspect, there's a part of us, we've all probably at some point gone through a time of grief. There's time where we, we can't be consoled. We're not ready to be consoled. But this is sort of at the end of that moment where God is saying, now receive comfort. You know, as a culture and even the church, we can be uncomfortable with grief. So I'll come back to this, but I want to be clear. This is not short-circuiting grief. That's not what the Lord is, is doing. It's allowed to happen. And there's a sense of it's at the end. This time of grieving is, is at the end. We're, we're moving forward. 
right? This is true comfort that's, that we experience only when we go into and through grief. And that's what God's people have been experiencing. The Lord says, speak tenderly. Literally, it means speak to her heart. Speak to who she is, to the core of who she is, and in a way that she's going to understand. Speak over her. And here's what uh, Isaiah is supposed to, to speak, that she's served her term. Now, this is not a, like a prison sentence. I don't know about you. When I read that, like serving a term, that I think of like a prison sentence. Actually, it's hard labor. Israel has had to undergo hard labor by being exiled from their, their, town, their home nation to Babylon. And so this gives us insight into what God intended for his people in relationship with them. That as they are faithful to what God's called them to do, they are supposed to experience thriving. Not that everything is always going to go well, but they're, experience, they're going through slavery right now. And that's not what God has intended. Another translation says, let Israel know that the tour of duty is fulfilled. Another word of comfort that Isaiah is supposed to speak is that Israel has received from the Lord the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Uh, until I was kind of studying this passage, I mean, I'd read that and, and been troubled by it. Like, you know, if you get pulled over for a speeding ticket and it's normally $50 and you go to pay it and they're like, actually, it's $100. Wait, what? Why is that? Uh, but, but it's not a, like, doubling the fine. Rather, what it means is if you've ever paid off something and you get that, that final notice that says paid in full, remaining balance, zero. That's what the Lord's saying. Hey, it's been paid in full. The, the debt that you created has, has been wiped away. So the people of Israel, they've been grieving their loss, but it's a loss of their own doing. So this is not grief that comes from outside of our control. Like if we, if we lose a loved one, or we lose a, a job because our company's making cutbacks, or, or something that we just had no control over. That's not what it's from. It's, it's from their own guilt, their own doing. And so I, what the Lord is actually saying is, hey, it's in the past. Don't hang your head anymore. No more mourning or grieving what you've done as you experience this time of exile and, and slavery, because I'm rescuing you out of it. It's over. We're, we're going to move forward. I've mentioned before, uh, I, I grew up Catholic, and I loved Advent. And in fact, there's still aspects that are just deeply ingrained. Like last week, Randy lit, lit the candles before the service and blew them out, and just the smell of the, the wicks that were, were extinguished uh, brought me back. Like, yes, it's Advent. Advent's here. I was excited as a kid because it meant Christmas is coming. And I would count down these candles like, all right, we only got two candles left. We can do it. It meant, because growing up in Michigan, it meant snow. It meant time off from school. More time to hang out with friends. Did I mention it meant Christmas? 
and gifts. My dad has two sisters who live out in California. They'd always come back, so we spent time seeing family we haven't seen in a while. Advent was always a time of anticipation and excitement for me. Now I'm realizing, oh, Advent's about dealing with the darkness. Another often quoted verse during this time is from earlier in Isaiah. Isaiah 9, verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. We don't really realize and celebrate the light until we've experienced darkness. And that's what's going on for the people of Israel at this time. That's why they have to be comforted, because they're in a time of grieving and mourning. So these Advent themes of hope, peace, joy, love are essential because they don't exist in their fullness apart from God. The incarnation, Jesus taking on flesh, becoming a man, means that God has not, is not, and will not abandon his creation. It doesn't take us long to look around and see plenty of darkness around us. The beauty of Advent is that there's a light that shines in the darkness. So as I've said, the voice of peace sounds like comfort, and in particular comfort to be able to move forward uh, in our grief. In the darkness of grief, whether that's self-inflicted or external, shines the light of the comfort of peace. Uh, When I was preparing, I happened to be reading Dallas Willard's Renovation of the Heart. And he he says, the opposite of peace is really not war, but deadness. The dead soul is one waiting to explode or fall apart, and one that will seek out trouble for reasons it cannot understand. Deadness of soul. So what I want for us to ask ourselves uh, this morning, a couple couple of reflection questions. Is there a place in my life where I'm not allowing God's peace to comfort my self-inflicted grief? Is there an area of my life, or maybe in general, that it feels like it's waiting to explode or fall apart? Is there a place where I need comfort in my external grief? Grief from something outside of my own control. Does that grief feel like it's waiting to explode or to fall apart? So again, the voice of the shepherd is the voice of peace. Peace sounds like comfort. Peace also sounds like the call to prepare. So as I've mentioned, you know, this is the voice of the shepherd 
and we're asking what peace sounds like because in verses 1 and 2, somebody is speaking. God is speaking to and through Isaiah. And then in verses 3 and 6, we're told that this voice, there's a voice that cries out and, and that a voice is supposed to cry out. So all of this is, is things that are meant to be heard. Right? That's why we're asking what does peace sound like? verse 3, if it sounds familiar, it's because each gospel writer quotes this about John the Baptist, that he's the one, he's the one who's in the wilderness crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. Now this change of terrain, valleys lifting up, mountains and hills coming low, uneven places being evened out, the rough terrain, the rough ground being smoothed over, it's not a value judgment on that type of terrain. Like, life is better when it's flat. It's not a picture of the new heavens and the new earth. Oh, I can't wait till Jesus comes back and just makes it all flat. No. I've driven through a variety of, of terrains and landscape. Remember, the people who are initially hearing this, they have two modes of transportation, on foot or on animal. So these terrains, are they're going to slow things down in the way that even now as we drive through mountains, we probably don't check, off, check out mentally, right, when we're driving in the mountains and just set it on cruise, like, we'll be fine. This will be fun. Right? We're more aware as we drive up and down mountains, in and out of construction zones. Few, many years ago, I was going to say a few, gosh, I'm getting older. Uh, many years, 20, over 20 years ago, I was, drove out to Colorado, and part of it, we drove through Kansas, and if we still had the club, who remembers the club? If we had the club, we could have set the club, put it on cruise, and just let autopilot go, because it's just straight, straight and flat, easy to get highway hypnosis. What Isaiah is speaking to is these things that, are, that could slow us down are going to be eliminated because the, the Lord's presence is going to come quickly. Advent is a reminder that the glory of the Lord has been revealed to us in the hum, humanity and person of Jesus. As I have said, Advent's a time of preparation. We, we've all experienced, if we've trusted Jesus We've experienced a foretaste of hope, peace, joy, and love, along with the reminder that it, none of those things are here in their fullness. There's still a, a time that we're anticipating when all of those things will be here in their fullness. And when we think about preparation, it's, it's not passive, it's active. Many of us are spending these next couple of weeks preparing. We're, we're cleaning our houses. They're, they're going to get extra clean if we're hosting anybody. We're making certain foods that are special for our family during this time of year. We're wrapping gifts. We're decorating the house and cookies, and we're sending out cards. It's all about preparation for, for celebrating in this season. When we receive peace, but we don't do so completely passively. We take steps 
to position ourselves to receive peace. I think that's why even Jesus says, here's how you deal with anxiety. Not by denying anxiety, but by thinking about birds and flowers. You consider, as God provides for them, he'll provide for you. Consider. So in the same way, we, this is, we prepare to receive peace. Now, Isaiah is talking about physical landscape, topographical features. But I think there's an allegorical part of it that we can think about for ourselves that I want us to reflect on. So Isaiah mentions valleys. What in my life brings me low? Or as we think about the hills and the mountains in our lives, what are the things that are, take a lot of energy for us? And we really, we've got to count the cost. Do I want to engage with that person? Do I want to engage in that situation? We plan out our route. Like, if, okay, if I go up there, I'm going to go there. I could say this. It would be really funny but probably not loving, so that I'm going to avoid that and go over there. So what do we have to calculate, think about, count the cost? What's the uneven ground in my life? Where and when do I feel unstable? What in my life right now is causing me to feel unstable? What are the rough places? What trips me up? What are maybe the relationships that we find ourselves regularly kind of bumping into other people? And over over what things? Now, when we ask the Lord to examine our hearts, we're not asking just what, but we also can ask why. What's going on? What's, What's beneath that thing? What's that value? that I hold that's being disrupted in these situations. So these questions help prepare a place for the Lord to come in and to bring his peace. And what we can realize is that the Lord is with us and loves us deeply even while we're traversing this rough terrain, even while we're in the valley the Lord is with us. Even while we feel like we're just barely taking steps, going up the mountain or the hill, even while life feels unstable, the Lord is with us. Even while there's the the rough places and, and we're bumping into other people, the Lord is with us and bringing comfort. So the, the voice of the shepherd is the voice of peace, It sounds like comfort. It sounds like the call to prepare. And the last thing we're going to look at from verses 6 to 11 is that peace sounds like the Lord's heartbeat. Now, a couple of weeks ago, Randy uh, shared with us about the bummer lamb. That's such a great picture, wasn't it? The bummer lamb. If you don't remember, that's the lamb that, for whatever reason, has been rejected by its mother. And so a shepherd will will take care of that lamb on his own. He carries the lamb, and he cares for the lamb, and it becomes the shepherd's lamb. So the one that was rejected by its mother is now personally cared for 
by the shepherd. And so here again, we see the shepherd and the lamb. Isaiah speaks to a couple of features of of God's character. He says there's a herald of the gospel, of, of good news. And the herald cries out, here is your God. In other translations, behold your God, look at your God. This is the one. This is the one we, we worship and we are in special relationship with. So God is, he's, he's saying all of these things in the midst of their unfaithfulness. They haven't repented yet. And God is still speaking to them how he loves them, he cares for them, he's with them. Isaiah reminds us that Yahweh is strong and tender. Verse 10 is about um, his strength. He says the Lord comes forward with might. His arm is before, his arm rules for him. His people, his people are his reward. The, the, the words there, it's really, there is reward. You know, he's, he's talked about, I think Isaiah is just meditating on, reflecting on Exodus 19, where God says, you're my treasured possession. And Isaiah is saying, it's still true. It's still true. You're still his treasured possession. And as a warrior shepherd, he's going to fight on Israel's behalf. Nothing is going to be able to hinder him from getting to his people. And then verse 11 shows the tenderness. Notice the shepherd language. It says, Gather the, he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them in his bosom. So that's where we hear the Lord's heartbeat. Peace sounds like the Lord's heartbeat. In spite of all that his people had done, their sins of commission and omission, the things that they had done and the things they failed to do, he brings them close. Isaiah is saying, you're acting like a bummer lamb. You're acting like you've been rejected and that you have to fight for yourself, but you're actually the shepherd's lamb. You're beloved and you're cared for. He's still doing this for us today. And so what I want us to ask ourselves is in what way do I still think of myself as a bummer lamb? Do we have that slide? In what ways do I still think of myself as a bummer lamb? Where do I need to hear the Lord's heartbeat? Where in my life do I need to hear the Lord's heartbeat? Where do I know that he's brought me close? Again, even in the midst of us maybe being in a valley or going up a mountain, in the rough places, the uneven ground, the Lord has us close, holding us on his chest. So as we've talked about Advent, about Jesus, it's about Jesus coming, dwelling with us. So what does peace sound like? It sounds like comfort. 
It sounds like the call to prepare, and it sounds like the Lord's heartbeat. That's the voice of the shepherd that's speaking to us and over us. Again, Advent is celebrating the notable event of Jesus' birth. The Lord's comfort, his heartbeat, his response to when we prepare has flesh and blood in Jesus. Jesus brings comfort as Isaiah will say later, a man of suffering acquainted with infirmity. He's the one that the scriptures were preparing Israel and the world um, for and and now is preparing a place for us. You know, at at the end of Jesus' life, he says he's going away to prepare a place. We're brought close to the Lord because Jesus was rejected and forsaken on our behalf. So he became the bummer lamb in order that we might become the good shepherd's lamb. So I also asked at the beginning, what would we lose? If we don't desire or pursue this peace, what do we lose? Well, I think we lose comfort in the midst of grief and the ability to move beyond it. We'll lose out on places that need to be made smooth for the Lord to come and address. That We'll miss out on realizing even while we're in the places that we don't want to be, the Lord is with us. And we'll miss out at times in hearing the Lord's heartbeat. Michelle, if you could come forward. So, um, as we did last week, we're going to do, again this week, we asked you to come write out prayer requests for for yourself. Um, Where is it um, that you need to receive peace, or, or who do you know that needs peace in this time? Maybe they, where do you or somebody else need to hear comfort? Um, this call to prepare and the Lord's heartbeat. Because this is a time for us to reflect on those areas in our lives. Last week, um, we had a huge response to when Randy, you know, we were talking about this. He didn't invite people forward. He said, come forward. And so we're going to, it's very un-Randy-like of him. So we're going to do the same. Come forward. You have places in your life where you need peace. You know people who need peace. And we've got a team of people praying over these. There were 156 prayer requests last week. I mean, it's not about the number, but that does give us an indication that for many of us, all of us, we know somebody who needs hope. And in this case, I think for ourselves and for others, we need peace. We know people who need peace. So again, where where do you or somebody else you know need to hear comfort, need to hear the call to prepare, or need to hear 
the Lord's heartbeat. So come forward. Um, we do have some pens up here, but you might want to bring a pen with you. Um, so again, you, you're going to write these out and just drop them in this jar here. stage. If you want to write on the subwoofers on the side. Any of our ministry team folks, if you want to make yourselves available on the sides after you've written down your prayer requests, uh, maybe something that you wrote down you're happy to have others pray for you, but maybe you need some prayer right now. So we have ministry teams who are more than happy to pray with and for you. like somebody to pray with you or for you, you're welcome to uh, come forward and do that. You can also hang out if you would like. Um, for those who have kids in children's ministry, um, if you could go and uh, pick them up. Um, once again, five o'clock tonight, the children's ministry Christmas pageant. So may you go to love and serve the Lord walking under and with him.
his peace in Jesus' name.